not where I'm preaching, so don't go there. In James chapter 4, the Bible begins telling believers how foolish it is for us to make plans without considering the will of God. Listen to what James says. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow for what is your life. It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, if it's part of God's plan, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance, and all such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. So James is saying here, friend, you can make any plans you want. You can make any plans you want, but God always has the final say. When we as believers learn God's plans and make our plans based on His plans, we find that His plan was the best plan all along. Did you get that? But boy, we love to make our plans, don't we? Mm-hmm. We want things to go just the way we want them to go. But do we ever consider that God might even have a better plan for us? In Luke chapter 5, when the disciples had fished all night, Brother Kevin, they fished all night and they didn't catch a fish. That's, that's Kevin's testimony, amen? But Jesus told them to launch out into the deep and they catch fish out there. You see, Peter's plan was to hang it up, go to the house, park the boat. But when he obeyed the Lord, he found out that God's plan was best. In Matthew chapter 16, when Jesus told the disciples that he was soon going to die, Peter criticized the Son of God. Peter actually rebuked Jesus Christ. See, Peter thought he had a really good plan. But when Jesus went to the cross and paid for our sins forever, Peter found out God's got a better plan. In 2 Samuel chapter 17, when that giant, that 10-foot giant, saw, saw David coming to meet him for battle, Goliath had plans to kill that boy. But when a stone sank into his noggin and he fell dead, he found out that God's plan is best. Amen. In Numbers chapter 13, when God's people sent spies into Canaan, they saw the giant people that lived there. And they said, whoa, maybe we ought to rethink this. Let's make plans to go back to Egypt. But over the next 40 years, they learned that God's plan was the best plan. 
Scripture gives us example after example that God's plan is best. But this truth is, is fleshed out perhaps best of all in Judges chapter 7. And I want you to go there in your Bibles. It's on page 224 in the Bibles in front of you. And I'm going to go there in a second. But go to Judges chapter 7 because I want you to see this for yourself. Don't take my word for it. I want you to see that God's plan is best. For you see, when Gideon and his army went to battle, guess what? They had a plan. They had a plan, but before the victory was won, they found out that God's plan was best. Now listen, friends. God's plan may not be the easiest plan. Anybody got a testimony about that one? God's plan, amen. God's plan may not be the most popular plan. God's plan may not even seem like the smartest plan. But we can always trust that God's plan is the best plan. And so I want to begin by pointing out a few realities about the plan of God. A few realities about God's plan. Number one, how many of you know that God's plan is often a different plan? Amen. In verse 1 of Judges chapter 7, the Bible says, Then Jerubbaal, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the well of Herod, so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, repeat those words with me, And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many. They're too many to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Now therefore, proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And listen to this. And 22,000 people returned, and 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, what did he say? The Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Bring them down to the water and I will test, you, test them for you there. And it will be that of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, that same shall go with you. And whomever I say to you, this one shall not go with you, the same shall not go. And so the, he brought the people down to the water, and listen to this, And the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone who laps from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink. And the number of those who lapped, putting their hands to their mouth, was 300 men. But all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink water. Then the Lord said to Gideon, By the 300 men who lapped, I will save you. And deliver the Midianites into your hands. Let all the other people go, every man to his own place. 
So God's, or so Gideon's plan was to march into battle with 32,000 soldiers. But we learned that God's plan was a different plan. You know, when we make our plans, here's what we like to do. We like to stack the deck in our favor, don't we? When we make our plans, we like to make it where we can take the path of least resistance and still obey God. However, God usually has a different plan for your life than you do. Consider David. David aspired to be a shepherd. But God had a different plan. God wanted him to be a man after his own heart. Job was a wealthy man, and all Job wanted to do was worship God, love his family, enjoy his wealth. But God had a different plan. God wanted to double Job's blessings. Joseph and Mary, a precious young couple, and all they wanted to do was get married and raise a family. But God had a different plan. God wanted them to raise a savior. Saul of Tarsus tried to destroy Christianity, but God had a different plan. God wanted Paul to spread Christianity. You see, even when God's plan is different from our plan, we must be willing to say with Jesus in Luke 22, Father, not my will be done, but yours. Not my will be done, but yours. Friends, who here wants to follow God's plan by a show of hands? Show me who wants to follow the plan of God. Keep them up so I can see, because I'm going to hold you to this. Amen? Praise the Lord. You can put your hands down. All right. So we're going to begin right now. Everybody wants to, right? So being that you want to follow God's plan, are you sharing Jesus with your family? That's part of God's plan. Are you sharing Jesus with the lost? That's part of God's plan. Are you serving the Lord's church? You raised your hand. That's part of God's plan. Friend, are you tithing from your resources? Can I tell you that's part of God's plan? Remember, God's plan is usually a little different than your plan. Because it's different. It's a different plan. But God's plan is also a declared plan. Let's continue reading in verse 8. And so the people took provisions and their trumpets in their hands, and he, Gideon, sent away all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, and retained those 300 men. Now the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. And it happened on the same night that the Lord said to Gideon, Arise and go down against the camp, for I have delivered the camp into your hands. But... But, God said, if you are afraid to go down, go down to the camp with Pura, your servant, and you shall hear what they say. And afterwards your hand shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. So he went down with Pura, his servant, to the outpost where the armed men were in the camp. Now the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the people of the east 
were lying in the valley as numerous as locusts. And their camels were without number as the sand by the seashore in multitude. And when Gideon had come, there was a man telling a dream to his companion. And he said, I've had a dream. To my surprise, a loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the camp of Midian. And it came to a tent and struck it so that it fell and overturned. And the tent collapsed. And then his companion answered and said, This is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel, into his hand. God has delivered Midian and the whole camp. Five times, y'all, in eight verses, the Bible tells us that the Lord said to Gideon, the Lord said to Gideon, you see, God declares his plans. He declares his plans to those who, listen, have ears to hear. See, every one of us in the room were swift to raise our hand when we declared that we want to follow God's plan. But are you listening to the plans he's declaring? Here's Gideon. He's getting ready to attack a force as numerous as locusts. Their camels are as numerous as the sand on the seashore. And what does God want to do? God wants to reduce his 32,000-man army to just 300 men. What? What? How is that possible? Friends, what it's important to see here is that God is not asking Gideon to say, take some blind leap into the dark. No, God is asking Gideon. He's asking that army to take a clear step of faith in him. The faith was in him, not in themselves. Now, of course, Gideon is scared out of his wits. And he's got some big-time reservations about God's plan. Of course, God knows that he's got reservations. He knows that, uh, that he is fearful. And so God arranges for Gideon to eavesdrop on the enemy so that Gideon will be encouraged. See, when it comes to you and me, the Lord expects you and I to walk in obedience to his plan. But listen, he never asks you to take some blind leap into the darkness. No, instead, he asks that you respond to his plans by taking a clear step of faith based soundly on his word. How many of you know that herein lies the plan of God for your life? Herein lies the plan of God for your eternal life, for your marital life, for your single life, for your children's lives. Herein lies the plan of God for your life. Are you following the declared plan of God? Here's the bottom line. God's plan may be a different plan. It often is. But it's always a declared plan. And it's always the best plan. But can I tell you that God's plan is also often a very distinct plan? Take a look, and let's finish up that, that chapter there in verse 15. 
And so it was when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation that he worshipped. Who did he worship? God. He worshipped and returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian into your hands. And then he divided the 300 into three companies. And he put a trumpet in every man's hand and an empty pitcher and torches inside the pitchers. Stay with me. And he said to them, look at me and do likewise. Look at me and do likewise. Watch. When I come to the edge of the camp, you shall do as I do. Moms, dads, can you say to your children, do as I do. Follow what I do. Are you that convinced that you're following the plan of God that you can tell your child, look at me and do likewise? Often parents these days are preaching it, but they're not practicing it. I pray that you can do, have your children do as you do. And then Gideon said, when I blow the trumpet and all who are with me, then you shall also blow your trumpets on every side of the whole camp and say, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And so Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came out to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch. And just as they posted the watch, they blew their trumpets. They broke their pitchers that were in their hands. Then those three companies blew the trumpets broke the pitchers, and they held the torches in their left hand and the trumpets in their right. And they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And every man stood in his place all around the camp, the enemy camp, and the whole enemy army ran and cried out and fled. And when the 300 blew the trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword, every enemy's sword against each other, against their companion throughout the whole camp, and the army fled. So Gideon, Gideon's instructions were to surround the camp of Midian, 300 against thousands, They were to sound their trumpets. They were to shout the battle cry. They were to break those clay pitchers and hold those torches in their left hand. God said that if they would do it, victory would come into their lives. And guess what? It did. What an incredibly distinct plan. Think about it. Pitchers, torches, trumpets. Is that the way to win a war? No man could have ever come up with a plan like that one. But I wonder, what would have happened to Gideon and his army had they not been willing to follow this crazy plan of God's? Well, they probably would have been slaughtered. And at the very least, they would have missed out on God's best for their lives. You see, that's the way it is, friends with the plan of God. 
that's the way it is with the plan of God. There are times when the Lord is going to lead you in directions you never imagined he would. And boy, he can come up with some doozies, amen? God can come up with some real distinct plans. If you don't believe it, just ask Eric Hunt. Youth minister over at First Baptist Church, Sinistar. Beautiful wife, beautiful children. Had it going on. Youth ministry was growing. And out of the blue, God tells Eric, I want you to be a missionary. And so Eric answers the call, but he also answers the call for his wife. He not only answers the call for him and for his wife, he answers the call for his children. And they pack up their toys in the middle of a COVID year and they move to Guatemala. Tell me, that ain't a crazy plan. Amen. He can come up with some doozies. But when we go, according to God's plan, we find out that God's plan is best. That is the reality of God's plan. But what about the requirements? What about the requirements of God's plan? I mean, if a person or a church, amen, wants to walk in the plan of God, you said you did, three steps are necessary. All of you raised your hand. Now here's the requirements. Here are the steps that are necessary. Number one, God's plan requires surrender. Think about this. Gideon was a man with 32,000 followers. That's a good-sized church right there, amen? 32,000 followers. But by following God's plan, Gideon learned that this battle was not about Gideon. This battle was not about Gideon's army. This battle was not about Gideon's enemy. No, this battle was about the Lord God Almighty, amen? For God's plan to succeed for Gideon, Gideon had to be willing to lay aside his plan. Gideon had to be willing to lay aside his goals, his dreams, his ego, his will, and be willing to surrender to the will of God on himself. Friend, when you truly believe that God's plan is best, you'll be willing to surrender your own will and embrace his. God's plan requires surrender, but it also requires submission. For God's plan to succeed for the nation of his people, his army had to submit to the plan of God. Gideon had to sit there and watch as 22,000 of his men packed up their weapons, packed up their toys, and went to the house. And as if that wasn't enough, Gideon had to sit there and watch as 9,700 more men packed up their weapons, packed up their toys, and went to the house. Every one of those men taking their weapons and taking their potential with them. So in reality, Gideon and his 300 men, man, they had to walk in obedience. They had to walk in obedience to God's plan for this battle to be successful. They had to follow the will of God if they wanted any chance of survival. So, y'all, if we want the Lord's best, 
We are going to have to be obedient to the will of God. You may not like what the Lord is telling you to do. But you're going to do it anyway. You don't like it when the Lord tells you how to deal with your sin. But when he tells you that you need to crucify the flesh, and when he tells you you need to submit to the Spirit, you do it anyway. Because God's plan is best. Our submission to God's plan proves, friend, proves that you love him. So it's surrender and it's submission. But God's plan also requires steadfastness. Consider this. If Gideon and his army were going to experience victory, they were going to have to humble themselves under the hand of God. They were going to have to surrender to his plan. They were going to have to obey his will. And they were going to have to proceed according to faith. Faith in what God had told them. Listen, y'all, it took great faith for 300 to go out against thousands. It took great faith for that 300 to go out there with no weapons. Fighting with no weapons. It took great faith for them to blow their trumpets, to break those pitchers, to shine those lights, and allow God to present the victory for them. It took great faith, but they responded in faith, and they received the resounding victory. Friend, if you're going to see God's plan for your life, here we go. It's going to take great faith. If you're going to follow the will of God, it's going to take great faith. God is going to ask you to take some steps in the path of your life that are going to be tough. God is going to ask you to take some steps of faith that you're going to be real, real unsure of. But the path to God's best is always a path of faith. And why is that? You see, God always honors faith. Why? Because faith always honors God. That's how you follow his plan. And it's not only the reality of God's plan. It's not only the requirement of God's plan. But I want you to see this morning that there are results that come from God's plan. When God's people submit to his plan, when God's people obediently carry it out, there are certain results that you can expect. For instance, God's enemies will be weakened. You notice what happened in verse 21? Every man stood in his place all around the camp, and the whole army ran, cried out, and fled. And when the 300 blew the trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp, and the army fled away. God's enemies turned on one another. They turned on one another in fear and they fled the scene. God's people saw the enemy defeated because they followed God's plan. Friend, listen, God has a plan for your life. 
God has a plan for your life. But you need to know that God's enemy, Satan, do you think he has a plan for your life too? You better believe it. You better believe it. We are in a holy war. This is the flesh against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. We are in a holy war. And you got to get up in the morning, put your armor on every morning, because that battle goes on day after day after day. The enemy wants you defeated. He wants you unhappy. He wants you miserable. But if you choose to walk in the plan of God, you can be absolutely confident, absolutely assured, friend, that the best plan, God's best plan, will weaken his enemy. The second result of God's plan is God's people win. How many of you have read the end of the book? Amen? We win! Praise the Lord. But look what verse 23 said. And the men of Israel gathered together from Naphtali, Asher, and all Manasseh and pursued the Midianites. See, after the enemy was weakened, God's people enjoyed great victory. Why? Because they chose the best plan, God's plan. God's plan for your life and God's plan for mine is that we walk in victory. How do you know, Bill? Because I've, I've read the battle plan, amen? I've read the battle plan. And God tells me in Romans 8, 37, that I am more than a conqueror through him. 1 2 Corinthians 2, 14 says, Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you getting my picture here? Friend, have you ever considered? Have you ever considered that if we would just walk according to God's plan, you would never walk in defeat? Are y'all hearing that? If we would walk according to God's plan, we would never experience defeat. It's only when we divert off of God's plan that we begin experiencing defeat. When God's enemies are weakened, God's people win, praise God. But listen, the third result is that God's name is worshipped. I want to go back to verse 2 very quickly. Because the Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you are just too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands lest, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying my own hand has saved me. You see, friend, because the victory was without a great army, because the victory was without any weapons, because the victory was without a fierce battle, God got all the glory for the victory. No one could go home and brag to their wives and say, look what I did on the field of battle. All they could do was go home 
and tell everybody they knew what God had done. You see, that's what happens in the life of a believer. In the life of a believer, it's all about God receiving the glory. When we turn away from our plan, when we embrace his plan, we are guaranteed victory, but we're also guaranteed he's going to get the glory. Friend, your life as a believer is all about letting your light so shine that men see your good works and do what? Glorify your Father in heaven. Your life your obedience, your faithful actions should always point to God. So has God been messing around with your plans? God been messing around with your plans? If so, the best thing you can do is submit to your plans. Submit to His plans. Submit your plan to his plan, amen? Because his plan is the best plan. God has a, a plan, the best plan for living. Did you know that? That whenever you follow his will, you can know that victory is right around the corner? It's a great plan for living. But did you know that God also has a plan, a, the best plan for leaving? Mm-hmm. See, if you'll follow God's plan, if you'll receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you will never have to fear the fires of hell. You will never have to fear the fires of hell. I got me a new bracelet. And my bracelet reminds me of a virus I got. This, bra this bracelet tells me about this virus called sin, that all men have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But it also tells me what the consequences of that virus are. For the wages of sin, the consequences of virus are death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. I had to know, well, what does God do about this virus? Well, God tells me that he demonstrated his own love toward me that while I was still a sinner, still infected with this virus, Christ died for me. And then I said, well, how in the world am I going to overcome this virus? And I'm reminded that by grace through faith, I am saved. And that not of myself, it's a gift of God. And I said, well, I want me some of that, amen. How can I have this vaccination? How can I have this resistance to this sin virus and the penalty of this sin virus? And the Bible tells me that if I will confess that Jesus is Lord, and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, I'll be saved from that sin virus. Friend, you can have the same thing that Bill got back in 1974. So do you need to come to him today? 
Friend, if you're online with us, I want you to have my phone number. 256-443-5321. And you call me if you're ready to come to Jesus. Friends, if you're ready to come to Jesus, if you're ready to talk with him about his plans for your life, every one of you raised your hands. But if we're honest, we're falling short of following God's plans. So who would come to pray today? Who would come to pray today that God's people would surrender, submit, and remain steadfast to God's plan, which just so happens to be the best plan? Who would come to pray today? Who would pray today? Too late. After Brother James prays, I'll pray us and we'll begin our invitation. Brother James. Let us pray. Dear Lord, <coughs> we need to follow your plan. Yes. We have to follow your plan, Lord. It's the only way. Mm. Lord, be with each and every one of us as we go out into this world and just just help us to get the word out about you, yes. about your plan, mm. about what needs to be done. Lord, we love you and we praise you. And we need you in our life. You have to be a part of it. Yes. We pray for all the ones that's in nursing homes. We pray for the leaders of our country that they would make the right decisions mm. and have the right plan, your plan. Yes. Lord, we pray for all the soldiers that have to follow orders. If it ain't doing nothing but breaking clay pots and waving a torch. Yes. We just pray for each and every one of them that sends harm's way. Mm. Lord, we just want to leave here and, and go out into the world and spread your message. All these things we ask in your son Jesus' name. Amen.